already ready. You missed it. I like, I just, gosh, dang. I was pulling the stool over to pop my legs up and Hank was like, it's time, it's time. And I wasn't situated yet and Hank was already going for it. That's gosh. outstanding. Gosh, dang. Oh, hello, hello and welcome. Hello. So everyone, everyone who's listening, it's Catherine and Angel and Crystal has joined us today. Crystal Marie. I, I have. Here I is. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Um, we'll just, there's quite a few different icebreakers, I guess, that I could start off with for you, Miss Crystal. Um, every Wait a second. Time... I... Sorry, oh. sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Every time I talk to you, Crystal, I learn something new and I just wonder to myself, who the hell is actually Crystal? So, okay. Everybody <laughs> go follow Crystal on Instagram. She's at Lil Spark Plug. It's L I L Lil Spark Plug. Um, yeah. The latest, the latest message I just got from you. Um, so that you were a ballerina. Fun fact. Yeah. For 16 years. Oh. What? Yeah. My mom thought I was graceful as a child. <laughs> that kind of stayed in childhood. <laughs> the whole grace thing. The grace thing is 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 gone. It's really gone. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, it was fun. I got yelled at a lot. Uh, once I started playing soccer and I showed up with like the potato knees, you know how like your knees all get scraped up. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. My instructor was very, very strict, very old school. Crystal Marie, you will not show up to my studio with your knees looking this way. I was like, oh boy. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 16 years of ballet. That's crazy. That's incredible. <laughs> That's how I roll. So, how did you what? go? Okay, how did you go from ballet to dirt biking? So I always loved motorcycles, and my mom always said I couldn't have one. Um, so I started with cars because I had to have a car. I needed to take myself places. So did that, and then I didn't start riding until 2013. Um, so what's that, 11 years ago now, almost 11 years ago. And then I started with riding on the street friend of mine said hey come try a track day you'll never want to ride on the street again and you know in all my infinite wisdom at the time I was like yeah right okay tried a track day like that same year and then I might have been on the street a little bit after that you know doing demo days for different manufacturers and and you know just occasionally riding on the street but I became more road track and then we were up at this track in New Hampshire and these guys were like try these trials bikes and we were like what's a trials bike and the rest is kind of history so dirt came probably like two and a half years ago um that i started with dirt because i went full bore with the track stuff road course i should say very nice how often do you go back to the track so i actually work for an organization um and we're there so our track season is kind of short up here weather wise so it starts may Sometimes we get to October, usually September, but it's at least two to three days out of every month from May to September. Hmm. Super neat. Fun. I'm so amused by Hank. <laughs> he's, listen, if he's, he's not on my lap, he's causing the... problems. It's, yeah. it's absurd. Um, Angel, go for it. Alrighty. Uh, so you said you got into cars first. So yep. how deep into the car scene did you get? Um, so I had bought an SRT4 brand new when they first came out um, and decided two years later that I was going to gut it to the, <laughs> to the unibody, paint it. Um, I, I did pretty much everything except the window tint, um, the powder coating and the embroidery work. Like I painted it. I built the motor. I did all of that stuff, um, traveled around to shows, met with Chrysler at one point um, to talk about because the car was modeled after a 1970 A Arcuda and mm -hmm. they had 
thoughts of bringing back what they called the high impact colors from the 70s. And my car was Panther Pink, Moulin Rouge um, was the other name for it. And they are like, you know, we'd like to see the car in person. So it was on display at a show up in Boston, Massachusetts. And I had met with the Chrysler design team. And then after that, Furious Fuchsia came out on the Chargers and the Challengers of, it was like 2009-ish at that point, um, which yeah. was pretty cool. Went to Carlisle in Pennsylvania, um, met Ralph Scheele, who at the time was the president and CEO of SRT Design, uh, did some training courses with Ross Bentley, some car track stuff, but I don't find car track stuff as entertaining as any bike stuff, truthfully. <laughs> I was just going to ask, so like kind of the trend, like what does that feel like when you were used to go to like all the car stuff versus all the bike stuff now? So I work for a company, um, ADSI High Performance. We host an autocross once a month from like April to November. And then I'm co-owner of GIG Motorsports um, and we host drift events also once a month from April through November. So I still go to car stuff and I enjoy mm -hmm. watching it. I just, if I'm going to be on the track or I'm going to be doing something that like I'm piloting, I want it to be a bike. It's just not even... <laughs> You know, and, and Catherine, I'm sure you can agree, like there's no comparison between like dragging your knee around a corner to like being in a car. Like, it's yeah, just, it's just I, not uh, the same. It's true. I did a, a world racing league 24 um, hour race at Brainerd in a Miata. <laughs> I was in the Miata races and that was it was like stupid fun, you know? It was just one of those situations where you're like, oh, look, I'm here doing the thing. Just like, do, 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 do. Just, <laughs> you're just like dinking around versus, yeah, the like, the, for me specifically, it was the, the four or five wide three rows deep because I was in the featherweight class on the little 300s. So none of us could actually power out of corners. And it was all just like the chess game of you're all flowing yeah. together. And once one person screws the whole thing up, the whole line is just messed up for for the rest of the race. So it's always, yeah, the like pressure that comes with that is pretty, there's just something to it. You're yeah, right. It's, it's totally different. I mean, now I, I do love the track, but I would much, I much prefer the woods. Like it's your pace, your scenery, it changes so much. Even the same trail changes where like you go to the track, the track is the track. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm 100%. That's so cool. I use the same phrasing. It's like, it's every single day. It's different. There's something mm -hmm. different. Um, yeah, some mornings you get to, some mornings you get to commune with the deer. Some mornings you get to hang out with the fog. Like there's all yeah. sorts of <laughs> totally different. No, I think it's really cool. I um, so I actually reached out and started talking to Crystal like uh, it was like a month ago, um, because of something that you posted about drifting, and I was just like, oh my god, you're like the coolest person because <laughs> I didn't know that you were into that, and I was following you because of your dirt bike stuff and all of that side of it, and then I saw that, and I was like, holy crap, this is awesome because um. When I was younger, I did a lot of um, drag racing stuff uh, in, in Minnesota, and I was always the only girl there. So, like, at least the only girl who was racing. At the time, there just wasn't a whole lot of girls in the scene. And even at car shows and stuff, I was usually the only girl who was, like, actually looking at the cars and not just sitting there going, oh, my God, are we done yet? Which, like, you know, I mean, your passion's your passion. Sometimes, you know, you don't want to do that. But you support your person, so it's cool that they were there. But... Um, but it, like, as I've gotten older, those scenes have gotten bigger with women, like car scenes, you know, dirt biking. I've seen more and more women over the past couple years, um, at this huge trail ride that happens in Minnesota. Uh, the first year I went, there was like three women that I saw the whole time. And this last year I saw so many young girls just flying by me. And I was like, what just happened? <laughs> And I, I, so every time I meet somebody who's into dirt bikes and cars, I'm just like, this is so cool. It's like my whole life just, just comes around. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. Like we have a lot of girls that come to the events and they're a great, great group of people, especially the drift girls. They're always like, come on, come drift with us. I'm like, I am so terrible at drifting. Yes, I own a drift car, but I am not great at this. <laughs> so they're like, come practice with us. But it's, it is really cool. Like, like you said, you know. I mean, I think I'm 
older than both of you. Um, and when I was younger, there was almost no females at all. And if there were, you know, they were a certain type. Um, mm -hmm. But it's changed. It's it's mm -hmm. a lot wider now in terms of like who's interested in stuff, who's able, who's mm -hmm. doing things, who's out there. Like it's it's cool. One hundred percent. Oh my gosh, we just. We just made an episode about like clicky women and how how the industry. I was just going to say that. Uh, yeah, the so middle school even, lunch table. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But even so far as like you know back in the day, like it was the thing like you could not hang out in that crowd if you were like a girl who likes to wear makeup because no one took you seriously. And Catherine and I just talked about this the other day. Is that like now we're seeing girls in dirt biking who come in with makeup on and i i i just think it's so cool that you see you know such a wide variety of personalities now like you said it used to be just like one kind of person and one kind of look and now it's just so many different people it's so cool to see like such a wide variety so many people from different like fields of work that like dirt bike i've met people who are engineers people there's a lot of nurses that ride which is weird <laughs> a lot of medical people but crystal's I, one I of them i think it's awesome i am yeah. one of them <laughs> i'm one of them i'm a nurse practitioner <laughs> yep yep and, and yeah funny. and i'm a lab tech and yeah yep i was so, in the or yesterday and they were like oh what do you do for work and i'm like oh i'm a you know i'm a nurse practitioner and they're like, and you need this so you can go ride your dirt bike? I go, yeah. And it had to get postponed because I cheese grated my elbow on a rock slot canyon in Arizona. <laughs> and they're like, what? So I'm showing all the nurses the videos and they're like, we don't understand. I'm like, they're like, this is fun. I'm like, yes, this is great fun. Mm hmm. Like, you should try it. <laughs> I'm a, I, as someone who's also a motorcycle coach, like MSF for, you know, introductory, intermediate, advanced, you know, three wheel, you name it. Um, not everyone should motorcycle. <laughs> not, and I don't mean that in a mean way. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean that in a mean way. They're like, you know, there's some folks who just don't have the coordination or the balance. Mm -hmm. And we're actually seeing a lot more of that because there's fewer people who are younger that are going outside and learning to ride bicycles and like interacting with their environment than there were in generations past. So they yeah. get to come to the motorcycle class and like, what do you mean I have to ride a bicycle? It's not the same thing. And we're like, well, the balance is it's a two wheeled vehicle. The balance is the same. So yeah. you would want to learn with a very, very light bicycle before you come anywhere near even a 350 pound Honda Rebel, you know, and we're just seeing less and less coordination compared to previous, yeah. you know, kids don't go I'm, outside. I'm so glad you said that. Uh, Cause I, so previous to getting on a dirt bike, I really didn't ever ride a bicycle when I was younger. Like I learned how to, but I didn't, do it very often like I I didn't even have a bike for most of my life so like that wasn't something that I did and they threw me on a dirt bike just it was like a TTR 125 but they put me on the dirt bike and they're like go and I was like what balance like I don't know what that is so like it's it's a huge learning curve so I I totally understand that like mine was just a lack of you know our family was really poor we didn't have money for it but you know I understand that the coordination is hard to figure out when you're older. I was 27 the first time I got on a dirt bike. So it's <laughs> it's kind of hard to learn that. <laughs> we think so much more as adults than as kids. As kids, it's like, yeah, push right, go right, push left, go left. And the kid's like, okay, we. And like as adults, we're like, yeah, but that doesn't make sense because the wheel's actually going the opposite way that I'm pressing. Why are you telling me to do that? Like... <laughs> So it's like, stop, stop thinking and just doing, you know, you don't know what you don't know as a kid, which is why, like, it's awesome to see all these little kids that are out there racing. And I wish I had started when I was younger. Like, I, I so yeah. wish. Can't go back. I'm an elder now. That's not going to happen. <laughs> elder. I'm, <laughs> I'm an elder. elder. Yeah, Catherine posted something. Yep. <laughs> she's like, oh, you could, you could be the little sister. I'm like, no, I'm the meme. <laughs> 
But yeah, it's just, it's just cool to see like little kids out there doing it because they don't know what they don't know and they don't have a mortgage to pay. And they're like, they're yeah. just sending it. And these, these little kids hitting like triples on 65s. And you're like, yes. <laughs> One of my biggest eye-opening moments was in an indoor arena. Yeah, I was like, I'm scared. It's so tiny and enclosed. And there's all of these people doing things. And then the kids on the 65s are just jumping the whole stadium front to back in one leap and I'm like what just happened yeah and I'm over there like driving Miss Daisy <laughs> that's what I feel like that's hilarious so I mean I, all right I'm not that bad but <laughs> Crystal I might have missed it but that sounded like you had an extremely extensive network like of of people from Chrysler to to um Gee, geez, Louise, now I'm going to miss it. But you're also a business owner and all of this other jazz. How did all of that happen? Just randomly, like, I'm a planner, but I'm also one of those people that's like, as things unfold, I just let them unfold and see what happens with them. Um, so the business actually happened because we couldn't host competition events with the insurance that we had. Um, and at the time we were doing drift events for like Honda Fest, Toyota Fest, Wicked Big Meat, which is a huge Subaru thing out here. Um, we did race wars. So we started the company to be able to like run those events and have, you know, not necessarily time trial, but more drifting based stuff. But we did do autocross um, where people would race for trophies and stuff like that, that were offered through the, the vendor that was hosting the event. Um, but the, again, the Chrysler stuff just kind of happened. You know, that was back in the days when there were like forums that everybody was all over, you know, in the MySpace era. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, hey, you guys are both I know what probably that is. too young. You guys are both probably too young to even have had a MySpace. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Kath, Catherine's a, a lot younger than me. So. <laughs> She's all right, Catherine like can't have had a mic. Rude, 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 <laughs> rude, but rude. <laughs> you really weren't missing out on much. You know, we got to set like our background to be all sparkly and have our own theme song and stuff. It was, you know. Ooh, I wasn't a sparkle girl. I was a like go-getter beverage real quick in full <laughs> rebellion of this, this gang. I was a... Uh, I was back, that was back in the My Chemical Romance days, so I'm pretty sure that was my background for a while, was My Chemical Romance. <laughs> I wore Jenko jeans, that should tell you yeah. all you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I am finally back in style. Yes. <laughs> Isn't it weird how it comes back around? I feel like it's coming back around faster, or I'm just not willing to admit that I'm that old. <laughs> I don't know which one it is. No. The one that I I saw the other day, a girl, um, high schooler here in town, she was wearing like low, low, low rise pants. And I was like, that's back. Oh, but they were like this big from the zipper. I was like, oh, no, that was such a terrible phase in life. <laughs> yeah, we need we need something between that and then the high rise that's out now that doubles as a bra. Like, I just can't. <laughs> yeah that's too much for me i can't, I can't. like no a mid mid-rise i need mid-rise <laughs> yeah but even the mid-rise it's like it's so high i'm like why is this this is in my stomach like in in <laughs> it's in there yeah. see and i'm the weirdo that likes that it's gotta like come just over the fupa i gotta be able to like tuck it in there <laughs> Oh my god, you tuck it in. <laughs> I just I don't know. I don't know. I can't I can't with style. I'm not in style. I've just I've never been I'm in style. Not either. I was just about to say I usually just wear leggings to prevent all of this. So. That's accurate. <laughs> sweatpants on my riding pants. Yeah, yep. exactly. Sweatpants because I have no arms to pull the leggings up. So yeah, so how are your arms doing? They're here. I'm like T-Rex. <laughs> They're, um, 
they're pretty good. I have them sitting on an ice pack right now. Um, more awkward than anything else. But the worst possible thing is like the surgeons, like you don't actually have any restrictions. I'm like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, like no, not really. <laughs> He's like, you know, just do, just do whatever. And I'm like, what does that mean? So like the no. Nestle guy <laughs> delivered the five gallon water jugs and my boyfriend's like, don't you dare. <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine earlier. And I was like, should I go get them? She's like, listen, only one of us is a licensed medical professional, and today it's not you. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, thanks, Taylor. Thanks so what did you have done? So the actual surgery is a bilateral in situ ulnar nerve release. So you have this, the, your ulnar nerve that runs inside your elbow. It runs in the cubital tunnel. Um, and it controls the sensation primarily to your fourth and fifth fingers. Um, so if you have numbness that like goes down the outside of your arm into your last two fingers, like if you're on the phone and your arm is bent um, or if you're riding, it's so much worse on the road course than it is on the dirt bike because on the road course, your arm is constantly bent. Mm -hmm. um, and my hand would go like both arms completely numb, like completely to numb to the point that it hurts, which makes no sense. But I know you probably both know what I'm talking about. Like if you kind of yeah. like fall asleep <laughs> or something, then you're like, you're numb. You shouldn't hurt this much, but it's painful. So it was supposed to happen the beginning of last year. And I was like, no, we can't do this. It's going to ruin my whole season. Um, and then it was supposed to happen in June, but they canceled it. Then December, and then I cheese grated my elbow. So they were like, well, we can do one. And I'm like, no, I really would rather just do this once. Let's do both. So it was yesterday. Hmm. But should be so a pretty you're, quick You're recovery. riding tomorrow, right? You're, you're going to go out and ride? <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> what, but it's what is all the weather like ice out there? Yeah, I was just going to say. It's uh, 19. Um, it snowed like four or five inches, then it rained, then it sleeted, then it snowed again. So it's that big, crusty, crunchy disaster. Like shelf of ice on top of snow. Yeah. yeah. You know, and typically in the winter, um, over the past couple of years, it's mostly been that we'll ride trials because the, you know, I don't have to change the tires over. I don't have to stud them. I don't have to do anything like that. And it, I love that mm -hmm. those skills translate over to the enduro bike. So, mm -hmm. and it's a lot lighter. So it'll probably be better to start with that for my elbows anyway. Cause it's like, yeah, you're talking like a good hundred pound difference between the two bikes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're super yeah, light. For sure. So Crystal, we know that you're a diehard fan of a certain of a certain brand that starts with an S. And we actually, yeah, no, I totally <laughs> wouldn't have picked up on it based off of every color coordination you got going on. This totally is the not. biggest sweatshirt I own in my fat arms. <laughs> like, cause they're all mummy wrapped from like just below my shoulder to my oh. wrist. All right. So I got stuck in my sweatshirt yesterday. So I'm like, all right, this is the biggest one I have. And I'm like, oh, I'm seeing cats and an angel today. This works. You just look buff. <laughs> yeah, right? We actually, it's a lie. So Angel and I just finished doing an interview with Brian, the chief marketing mm -hmm. officer of Sherco, uh, for the Racers on Tap or the Sponsorship Underground podcast, which if you're not listening to that, you should. If you want to learn about, about all things sponsorship. Um, <laughs> yeah. So how did you and Brian meet? How did you get on the Sherco train? Um, so Sherco train was really completely random. Um, I had a KLX 140G. That was my first bike. I am 5'9 and all leg. I'm shaped like a Muppet. I have a very short torso. No one told me that this particular bike was like way too short and my knees shouldn't be like five inches above the seat when standing. So... <laughs> I take a lesson with a local coach, um, Hans Neff. He's absolutely awesome. And he's like, just, just throw this in the trash. He goes, what are you doing with this? I go, what do you mean, what am I doing with this? It's a dirt bike. He goes, "This you you can't, you don't fit on this bike. He goes, this bike is way too small for you. I'm like, but it's the big wheel. He goes, it's the big knot. And he goes, just, 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 you know. <laughs> so now I'm like, 
okay, I just spent all this money on like upgrading the suspension because I put KX100 forks in it. I had a, a shock from Olin's shipped over from like Taiwan because it was the only place that had an aftermarket shock. I spent all this money on this bike and I'm like, oh, well, that was dumb. He's like, no, you need a full-size bike. You're too tall for this. So I started doing research and then everything research-wise, when you're a female, points to the beta cross trainer. So I was like, all right. Cool. Beta cross trainer seems reasonable. It's it's a little bit taller than this one, not by much. I think it was like maybe an inch and a half, two inches taller. And Hans kept saying, No, you need a full size bike. I'm telling you, are not gonna fit on that either. And I'm like, Well, I'm not like gargantuan. Jeez. But so I had a deposit on one, and this was in 2021. So COVID issues with boats being stuck in harbors um, and the beta that I had a deposit on was stuck on a boat. Enter in my very first road track coach, Chris, who just so happens to work at a dealership up in New Hampshire that sells Sherco, Riehu, um, and a, like a lot of snowmobiles and other stuff like that. He's like, your next bike is this one. And it was a Sherco 125 two-stroke. And at the time I was like, what's a Sherco? So he tells me a little bit about it. He's like, I'm telling you, come up, come look at it. But the dealership was a little over three hours away. So I'm like, okay, if it's meant to be, you know, it'll be. So I went up there, I sat on the bike, I stood on the bike and I was like, this bike just fits my Muppet frame. Like, this is perfect. <laughs> this is perfect. So I, you know, I, I looked at my boyfriend and I'm like, nope, this is definitely the bike. So we... I bought the bike, took the deposit off the cross trainer, um, you know, and then just fully immersed myself in learning everything I could about the brand because I'm a nerd and that's what I do. Um, entered into this like random Instagram, like like this post, share this post, tag three friends thing for um, New Tech where they were giving away the, the front shroud from Cody Webb's bike. And I just so happened to win. I don't win anything. I never win anything. <laughs> so that was how I met Brian um, back in 2021. And we've been friends ever since. That's awesome. Brian's a super cool dude, 100%. Um, Brian is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Sick. it was really awesome talking to him. I had a, I had a really great time. I'd never met him before. So that was cool. Bonded over like, running. Yeah, ultra marathon guy. I mean, looking yeah. for his next 100K. I mean, you couldn't get me to look for a one and a half K. <laughs> That's the thing. So I was training this year to do my first half marathon because I've never done like any kind of race before this year. I did my first 5K and I was like, all right, I was already training for the half marathon and I ended up crashing really bad when we were out in North Carolina and I hurt my legs super bad. So like I couldn't even walk and I was like, I've got two weeks to get better before my run. I ended up missing it. Um, and something got in my head and told me you should just skip a marathon and go do an ultra. And so I want to do a 50 K and that's my goal to do for 2024 is to find a 50 K somewhere around where we'll be and try and go and do that. Cause my that's training awesome. for my half, yeah, my half marathon training included running 20 miles twice a week. So I figured it's only like 11, 12 more miles. So only. <laughs> I can't <laughs> run a mile. I mean, I'm sure it's, I could if something was chasing me. <laughs> <laughs> I just pretend. Actually, uh, funny story. One of the times I went out to go running this summer, was one of my 20 mile days and I'm out there and I'm running and then I come across like I, I do laps and I come across the front and the, there's a park ranger and he's like hey do you have your mace with you and I was like mace what are you talking about he's like there's a puma out here I was like oh what he's like yeah and he's like yeah if you go by and he told me the marker or whatever he's like there's actually deer bones because it just killed a deer yesterday and we had to get everybody out of here because it killed it in front of people like there was people right there. So it could have been people. I was like, cool. You guys should probably post that because there's not always a ranger here. Oh man! Like, and usually I'm the only one on that trail. So I was like, maybe I'm only running like 10 miles today. And I was like, I'm going to go home now. Yeah, got to go. Uh, I was 
I was very motivated to finish my lap after that. <laughs> See, that's, that's, I would be sprinting at that point. Yep. And, and only at that point. And I'd set some type of record for myself <laughs> to never be broken again. See, and the thing that I do is I listen to Zombies Run. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Yeah. But it's like, as you're running, they just, they'll like add zombie sounds. And they'll be like, run, Runner 5, run. You know, they give you little missions. Like you're supposed to go get resources for the town that you're building. And then like you pick up all this stuff. And if if you don't outrun the zombies, you lose all of the resources you picked up for your town. So then, like, people starve and shit. <laughs> well, my people would be not liking me too much. Yeah. <laughs> so, Crystal, I have a question for you. And I'm sure it'll be really interesting for everybody else. Um, tell me if I need to cut this out, because I will, if you don't want to talk about it. But you only have one eye. Well, you have two eyes, but you can only see out of one of them. <laughs> Yes. That is true. <laughs> What's that like? Like racing and riding and trying to learn and just navigating motorsports. So to say it's a challenge, I guess would be an understatement, but I feel like it would be more of a challenge for someone who wasn't used to it than for me. Like I always tell people, like, if you, if you want to know, you know, and this is what made Hans such a great coach. Um, you know, I said it to him in the beginning. I said, I just want to let you know this, this is, this is what you're, what you're working with. So if you see me do things that don't necessarily make sense, like here's why. Um, and he actually rode around a bunch of woods loops with one eye and he came back and he was like, I, I, I just know. <laughs> <laughs> he's like yeah. I, don't, I don't know I don't know how you do this um he's like I have absolutely no clue so I operate mostly on shadowing so if something's lighter it's higher if it's darker it's lower um and that's really the best way to explain it um I'm never gonna be barreling through the woods at 60 miles an hour let's face it um <laughs> I don't know that any of us really are truthfully <laughs> um but it's definitely a challenge and it's something that like I operate more on feel because like something has to feel the same way going through it for me to like really nail it down. So doing drills and repetition of things is super helpful for me, but it also kind of makes me shy away from like bigger obstacles. So like we have a log in the backyard that I think it's 30 inches tall. Um, it's huge. And it's huge. It's huge to me. And, you know, we had Ron Lee from Sherco over doing a lesson uh, with my boyfriend, Anthony and I, and he's like, you're going to do that log today. And I'm like, okay, Ron. Okay. <laughs> but at the end of the day, he's like, nope, this is what you do. He goes, you do this, this, and this. And then the next thing you know, he goes, we're going to do the skid plate technique. He goes, I'm not going to expect you to just like fly over this thing land on your rear wheel the first time and I did it the first and I was like well but I kept going back and doing the same thing over and over and over again so now it's like it's second nature and it's feel because I can't necessarily tell if I'm moving my bike like four inches closer to something the way that someone with good triangulation and depth perception could that's incredible <clears throat> and I I've only ever had one experience with somebody else that had one eye. I had a student, his name was Mark Wilkie, and he like legitimately only had one eye. Um, and that was like a, a trippy experience, but it's really interesting to kind of, it was interesting to see how he tracked things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think I commend you for being able to, to see and learn and ride like that that's amazing because i remember even just trying to do drills it was like everything had to be verbal it didn't matter if you were on the good side or the bad side there was no mm -hmm. no peripheral vision no it was 100 percent like what's in front and that's crazy to mm -hmm. me to not be able to like have the full spectrum i think that's incredible i think actually uh, I was going to mention the same thing because I was in that clinic taking that clinic um, after having taken a different clinic that Catherine had had done previous. And um, it was kind of cool. Catherine, I'm commending you for this. Um, you were able to change your coaching style and to kind of like 
really understand what he needed. Um, Cause I had seen you teach that uh, similar class, you know, just not even a month before that. And so for you to change so much and be able to like give him what he needed, I thought that was really cool um, on your end, but yeah, I definitely could see how that would be a, a huge challenge. You know, yeah. I, have a, I have a brother who's, who's in a wheelchair and a lot of people don't realize how much, something little can change your life so, so, so much. And so I can't imagine, you know, having one eye and doing all the things that you do and you're such a badass at it. <laughs> like, it's so cool. <laughs> like a lot of people would consider it like a disability, but you're just like, it's cool. I got this. Boom. Go over the log. <laughs> like, it, you know, when I, when I talk to people in the medical field, patients, whatever, you know, you either have something or it has you. And that goes for any diagnosis on the planet. You know, like people don't walk around and say like, I am diabetes, but people will be like, oh, I'm depressed. And it's like, yeah. you know, yes, you have it, but you have to use what's within and change your lifestyle and change your habits and change your mindset so that it doesn't take control of you because it can and it will if you're if you allow it. And yeah. that goes for just about anything in life. And, and sure, there's some things that you can't necessarily circumvent, but there's so few things that lifestyle and mindset can't have even a small positive impact on that I just, you know, either that or it's my Italian stubbornness. <laughs> Damn, we went, we were like super deep and we just pulled right on back. <laughs> yeah, we were like one or the other, right? I was 100% in it and we're like, oh. No, but I was, that was, that was true. That was dead serious. I do tell that to a lot of people. You know, I always, I always tell people like, I can't prescribe you purpose. Like you have to find your purpose. It doesn't yes. matter if it's as simple as, you know, volunteering at an animal shelter or taking care of someone in need or, you know, a job, it could be anything, 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 yeah. but like, I cannot prescribe purpose and I can't medicate environment, you know, so you have to take your lifestyle and make positive changes. If you want to see positive changes in yourself. Oh my goodness. You know, it's really cool that you said that because that's kind of like 2023 was my year of I, I kept saying, like, I'm elevating myself, like I'm moving myself up. I'm, I'm thinking better. I'm being more positive And I'm like focusing on these changes to build myself up. And that was all of 2023 for me. And so it was really cool to hear you say that because I was like, that's what I've been doing. <laughs> yeah, and it's awesome. Crystal's yeah. laying down the fire today. Yeah. Yeah. Fire. I lay that so, down with my patients. <laughs> I have a question for you, and I'm sure Angel really wants to know it too. Um, every time I see a picture of you in your riding gear on your bike, you have mascara on. Yes. What in the world kind of mascara are you wearing that is not <laughs> flaking in your eyes? It's not. Hold on, let me write it down. <laughs> it's not like. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is not at all what I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't that. Um, <laughs> Everyone needs to know what is it's the secret sauce. It is benefit. Um, oh God, benefit. What's the name of it? I think it's magnet. Angel's it's, gonna write it down. <laughs> it's silver, and it has like a magnet. Yeah, benefit their real magnetic or their real magnet. It's silver and it's got like a little magnet on the top of it. Okay. Do it up. Try this because uh, I was at work today and my mascara was all kinds of all over the place. So no. <laughs> I, went to, I went to Ulta last weekend and I was like, all right. The girl was like, can I help you with anything? And I, at first I said no, that I came back and I was like, I have, I have a mission for you. I was like, I need to know if you have dirt bike proof eyeliner. And she's like, what? I use benefit for that too. Bad gal bang is what it's called. Bad gal, Bad gal bang. bang. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
So I don't know, I'm like, currently trying a brand called Stilla, Stilla, S-T-I-L-A. And the girl was like, this stuff doesn't come off. Like you can, you can, like she put it on her hand and she like wiped it with a makeup thing and whatever. And I was like, okay. I was like, that, that's promising. And then it hasn't stayed on my face. So <laughs> like, I mean, I think in Ulta Girl's defense, I don't think that she really comprehends dirt bike unless... Oh, yeah, 100%. But she's like, no, this will stay on you for, like, days at a time. It's like tattooing your face. And I was like, cool, I like that idea. Even if it's like, I don't care, I don't need it to stay on, like, for days at a time. That's fine. I just want it to stay on for, like, the day if I'm out on my bike. And, yeah, so I'm still searching. So I'm going to try this benefit. <laughs> yeah, that's the one I've had the the best luck with. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of habit to just put it on every morning like I never wear foundation I hate foundation I I cannot I have tried every foundation checker thing on in the universe and it never comes up with the right shades so whatever shade I am doesn't exist like, <laughs> they always come back and it's like they're like oh yeah this one's perfect and you get it in the mail and you put it on and it's like 15 shades like darker than my skin and orange <laughs> so I'm like enough of that SPF moisturizer for the sun and then I finger paint my eyes because I can't use brushes. It uh, looks like a toddler did it. <laughs> Mine looks like that, brushes or not, so it's fine. Yeah, toddler status. I mean, go for it. <laughs> right. that's, that's like my thing is like I, so we had talked about, you know, more women are wearing makeup and stuff now. And it's really cool to see the different, you know, personalities and varieties. I think at Tileman, I saw this girl she was a younger girl, probably like maybe 16. And she had like bright pink eyeshadow and she had like the leopard spots that she did all around and there. It looked so cool, but I was trying to find her by the end of the day to see if it still was there. You're like, I'm doing market research. Come here, kid. I know. I was like, <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> I got questions. That's how I feel. I Sometimes I wonder if they like cover their face in hairspray and that's how it all stays. Cause man, yeah, yeah. I really wish I could be that flamboyantly awesome. I just can't make it happen for me. I don't know what it is. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> Every time if I put mascara me, on, I can it just run. chunks in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> you can wear a mascara and she can run. So that's that's it. That's what we learned that's, on this podcast today. That is what we learned. <laughs> we learned um wow <laughs> i think i think we're almost coming to a close um angel do you have any final questions for crystal mm, not really questions but i really appreciate the fact that you took the time to come out here and talk to us this is super awesome like i said i was like super fangirling with the day that we started talking i was like oh my god i'm talking to her oh my god she's so cool and i was like like Aww. freaking out it was, it was awesome so getting to talk to you on here and like it's super chilled super awesome i'm still fangirling so <laughs> oh Aww, thanks crystal what is the name of your Sherco? Which one? The Trials bike is Stitch, and then the Enduro bike is Sparky, who is a failed <laughs> experiment in Lilo and Stitch. He <laughs> <laughs> just electrocuted everybody. I remember that one. Oh, Perfect. That was that's, an old show. That's what I was looking oh. for right there. The old. <laughs> And Catherine's bike is Lightning McQueen. Who, um, conveniently enough, actually electrocuted both myself and Nick. So maybe it's maybe <laughs> you got, Sparky. You got legit electrocuted. Oh, yeah. So it turns out, um, oh, I know, I know. Um, the brake, <laughs> he's just a baby. Um, <laughs> the brake... What do they call that? It's not the ABS. Oh, the brake light sensor, because it's got taillights. The brake light sensor was grounding out on the front brake lever, and it was discharging through your, like, if you pulled it to a lock, it would discharge through the lever and electrocute your hand. <laughs> That's one way to wow. stay awake on the bike. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was something. So it made, once we disconnected that, 
hill climbs got a hell of a lot easier. Sorry, hill descents <laughs> got a lot easier. That's outstanding. Fun fact. <laughs> Nick That's didn't believe me. I was like, there's something, like, it hurts. Do you ever get that? And he's like, yeah, it's tendonitis. I'm like, no, something's definitely <laughs> wrong. Don't it's do it. It's tendonitis. <laughs> <laughs> so and then and then he got on my bike and he thought he broke his finger he was like gah, gah, oh because he just crashed his bike he's like my finger's broken and then he got back on his bike and he's like oh it's fine that's weird <laughs> so yeah there's that story for you um if that should be your bike's name <laughs> lightning mcqueen is more appropriate i mean you got so, you got lightning so that works that that's that is true. He gets to say ciao. <laughs> that was what you said when you applied the brake. <laughs> <laughs> that was you. Oh gosh. Um. So, Crystal, are you going to come to our Virginia, Maryland clinic? Since that seems to be the farthest north we're going to end up. Uh, when is that? Oh, Jesus. That's a good question. The difficult Um, questions. So we can tell everybody if they want to come meet you in person, they got to come to this clinic. I'm I'm, I'm like honored that Angel thinks I'm that fancy. You are (laughs) that fancy. You are. I mean, you have dirt bike proof mascara. I mean, that in and of itself, I suppose, is (laughs) unicorn-esque. And I almost never Um, wear goggles because I hate them. That's insane. (laughs) That's crazy to me. I have to wear them all the time. It is crazy. I'm always behind everybody, though, so I always get roosted by everybody, so. (laughs) Same. It is a really terrible habit that I need to fix, but it really screws with what little triangulation I have. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Um, I don't think we have an actual date for that one yet, Catherine. Oh, boo. Are you going to come to it it anyway, Crystal? (laughs) (laughs) In August sometime, potentially. August or September. Like, sometime around then. As soon as I get... As soon as I get an actual date, I will let you know so we can get you there. But I know we do have some time after our Virginia clinic that we might be able to just hang out for a while so we can meet up because we'll be on that side of the world. So Hell yeah. That sounds cool. Hell yeah. It'd be awesome. I like it. So if y'all want to hang out with Crystal in person, you should probably check out the Virginia, Maryland border clinic. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever that when happens. It's announced. <laughs> if, if maybe. If maybe. If if maybe. I promise I'm I'm not that astounding. I'm you just are. a Muppet. You really are. I'm so, just a Muppet. Just a Muppet. Crystal, you're going to love this. We end every podcast with a dad joke. Oh. That's what I was going to ask earlier. I was going to ask who tells, if you had who told tells her. That? Who tells you. the dad joke? You're the one. You you get to. We alternate. And uh, that was her job was to tell you to have a dad joke to bring. <laughs> oh, man. Catherine. I know. I failed. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm dad. You you also told me it was racers on tap, and I had to get rid of my bottled water. So the only thing I had was a red solo cup, which does have water in it. But <laughs> hey, That's I figured this would be like the most tap thing I had. I know. It's funny because we all like drink non-alcoholic beverages on racers on tap. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a vibe. <laughs> yeah, water. She's got the mm. intelligent water. <laughs> you furiously it's googling the dad jokes? Gas station. No, do you? I might. I really have to Google dad jokes, huh? <laughs> I follow a page on Instagram that's all dad jokes now. Oh, of course you do. <laughs> I oh, so to be fair, I started doing that before the podcast thing because my, one of my coworkers is an older guy. He loves to tell dad jokes, and so. I was giving him a taste of his own medicine one day and I just gave him like three in a row and now I'm addicted. So (laughs) I, Oh God. (laughs) 
You gotta tell people, Catherine. You gotta like not everybody has them to just pull off the top of their head. I know. I'm sorry. You gotta Google like Lilo and Stitch dad jokes, right? (laughs) To go with Sparky. Uh, I need I need something. All right. Why don't Why don't the British make radios? Oh, geez, Louise. I got nothing. <laughs> I don't know. Thought it'd be good. They haven't figured out how to make them leak oil yet. <laughs> if you were familiar with uh, some British companies, that would make a whole hell of a lot more sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh lordy! Well, okay. that was better than Catherine's fish one. So <laughs> fish. Whoa! Rude. Rude. The fish joke is the best joke. Wait, no, it wasn't fish. What was the one that you told last time that was really bad? It was pretty bad. I think it was like, what's the difference between a dog and a marine biologist or something like that? Yeah, it was. One wags its tail and the other one tags whales. (laughs) (laughs) See? Fish. Fish. Whales. It's a mammal. (laughs) Whatever. I know it's a mammal, but in my head, it was just as bad as that. Anyways. I mean, yeah, well, I, I could have been well, better sorry prepared to put you for that. <laughs> well, some, some I should have just asked in the beginning. You, so. I should have asked in the beginning, and I was like, no, I'm sure she told her. And I was like, no, it'll be fine. You could have been thinking about it the whole time. I apologize. I should have known. It's, <laughs> it's never, I never do what I'm supposed to do. That's one thing Angel's <laughs> learning is... I never do what I'm supposed to be doing. That's not good. Just tell her six times. It's okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. ADHD is real. Well, thank you again for coming on. It, yes, it's thank awesome you, Crystal. To have you here. We can't wait to come and hang out with you because that's going to be such a cool time. It's going to be awesome. Stoked. We learned some really cool things today from ballerinas to Chrysler to, to Univision and... That should be the name of of your like superhero persona. <laughs> I, I need to wear a monocle. Feel <laughs> <laughs> like the Monopoly man, the monocle. Dude, I pass oh, go. Do not God. collect two hundred dollars. Nope. You wear all those like costumes and stuff, so like you, that needs to be your next costume on your bike. Oh my God, 100%. we should have talked about that. <laughs> Fail. Because I'm because I'm basically five. Big are you gonna get sponsored by target yet to just run blow up costumes all the time <laughs> where do you even get those sorry better question mike amazon oh okay when are you gonna get sponsored by amazon to run all those i don't know i don't know i gotta think of more stuff the turkey one was funny though i liked the turkey one besides the fact that it was literally choking me out as i was riding <laughs> That was a oh whole thing. But it was fun. That's amazing. I love it. No okay. yawning. I know. It's, it's <laughs> like it's Catherine's bedtime. <laughs> Listen, I was up at like four o'clock writing a book, okay? Sorry. But not dad jokes. Not dad jokes, you're right. Which does remind me that we're moving directly into the Sponsorship Underground podcast after this, so I need a dad joke at the ready. Yeah, you do. I was going to say, is it my turn or your turn? The world may never know. Uh, (laughs) Oh my god. I think it's your turn, but I always have a dad joke ready, so. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you, soon. All right. Feel better. Thank Have you. Have fun riding. Bye. Bye. Bye.